So I try to share about the seven heroes of faith, though and I haven't finished all of them, but I'll finish this conference with the story of Daniel. And the Zoemi's conference will go on somewhere in the world continuously, and I welcome all of you wherever we go. And I will come here again next February. And in the end of October, there will be NB classes in Costa Rica and Panama. And I know that that is only for pastors, not for all of you. But for you, and I invite all of you to Korea for the conference next July. I mean, the July next year. And it's not decided yet, though. Maybe before July, there will be another Young Adult Conference in Central America, though it's not decided yet. If so, you know, there will be an announcement through Pastor Francisco. So I want you to listen from our website you know, about the information about the conference. And you also need to pray for Zohar Ministry as well, and especially for the conference in, in August, end of August, because all Zohar Ministry churches will be gathering together in Israel. And that conference is really important for the remnant. And we have 200 people from Central America. So the conference in Israel will be really important for you. So I want you to pray for the conference. And if you are praying, and if you have the calling to be a pastor, and you want to dedicate yourself for Zoe ministry, and you can come to Korea for training. But you have to get permission from your senior pastor. And I cannot sure I cannot be sure in how much it will take to end the training, but for some person it may take three years, maybe or ten years, or for someone, you know, you will need to spend your whole life in our church. Because we do not set a kind of exact training course, but you are just living in our church, right? So if you want to become a Zoyamin's pastor, you know, I will accept you, you know, and I will give you some training for that. And thank you for your attendance throughout the week to listen to the word. And this end session, in the last session, God is healing everyone. So those who are healed, you need to maintain your faith. And my purpose, God's purpose is not just to heal you, heal your body, but God wants you to know, you know how much He loves you. 
and how God is powerful that He is ruling over everything, even your body, right? So I want you to maintain the close relationship with God. You know that you know we all will eventually die, even though we are healed. So what is important is to live with Him, right? So let's look at the book of Daniel. And the first session, we you know, share the story about Abraham, but that is about regeneration. Without being born again, the, your life is going to be meaningless, right? So we shared about regeneration. So we shared another, you know, thing which is about salvation. That what will happen, you know, when you are saved. So the spirit of God, the war of God, and the precious blood, all they came in you, that you can receive the righteousness from God, which means that you are sinless, and then you are allowed to move with the Lord, right? So the character, the personality in you, which you accept the righteousness is the new person. And through the new person, you are meeting with God continuously and you are you know, given from God you know, continuously as well. So that is why when you are living with the new person, you will not able to you will not be able to do the sin, right? So if you are committing some sin, that is not new self but your old self, right? So we you know, share the story of Joseph with you and which me the core of the message is that God is not ignoring your life but He is preparing the best scenario for your life. So what is necessary for you is to have fellowship with him that you can follow the best scenario throughout your life then no matter how much pain you have in your life no, it's not going to be a problem for you to live with God right so no matter you know what kind of calling do you have you know it's like you know people are having different sort of ta talents but all of you have to meet with God in blameless and perfect and glorious in the states and that is predestination for all children of God. And this is uh, from Ephesians, right? So, and at the same time, all people are given one muna, and no matter what kind of callings you have, but all of you have the calling to be blameless and holy. You know? So, thirdly, we share the story of Elisha, with you and we talk about how you will be able to grow you know, for the you know, life that God has prepared for you so we shared four elements for your spirituality so first one is that you have to empty yourself and that is you know, um, you know kind of tremendous amount of sermon but especially, you have to refer to the Beatitudes and the Lord's Prayer as well. So, to all people of God, and when they don't live by themselves, when they are not self-centered, 
and I haven't in deal with the Book of Romans, but you know, the 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 the, the principle that uh, with which the enemies are moving this world, controlling this world is that Satan, with the uh, secular as a bait, he tries to hook, he tries to hold yourself. So three S, according to this principle, the enemy will be able to get you know, victory always. You know that Satan will not die until the end, until the end of the world, and the, the secular, the world is not going to be destroyed until Jesus comes. So what is important for you now is yourself, that yourself should die, and then we died with Christ, when Jesus died on the cross, so we can confirm that yourself is also, you know, dead with Jesus. So when you die to yourself, you die to sin, you die to lo the law, so that we have no relationship with sin, right? So to die to the die to sin means that that there's no other pain, you know, for your life. And the things that should be that has been regarded as problem will not be a problem to you any longer. I'm not saying that there's no pain, there's no problem, but that will not be the problem and problematic to you any longer. You will not die because of the problem. That means you are really liberated from sin. So when you solve the problem of sin, you will be always brave and bold. The fact that you solve the problem of sin means that you will not be, you know, clinging to the world any longer. You should not try to meet the requirement of the world. We, that means you are now the servant of righteousness, right? You are not, you no longer the slave to sin. So, so we don't have condemnation from the law that we don't have any kind of judgment any longer. So we don't need to be condemned. Now I know that many of you are suffering from condemnation because you don't believe the fact that your self died to the sin and died to the law. That's the reason that you are suffering from enemy's condemnation. Although you try to you know, repent, but there's no confirmation that God has received, accepted you know, your uh, repentance, that there's no confirmation of salvation either as well. Either. <clears throat> so without confirmation of salvation, in a larger scale, uh, you cannot talk about the kingdom of God as whole. And God is only able to deal with the kingdom of God with those who have the confirmation of salvation. To talk about kingdom of God means that you can die to, for, the, for the sake of truth. You can die for the sake of the Lord, willingly. And you will know that this world is nothing. And your only goal for your life is to live for the glory of the kingdom of God. And you know that how you know, meaningless to live in this world. So in the church of God, all saints should have confirmation of salvation. That is a church according to the Bible. So for the, the saints in the early church, before coming to a, a congregation, you know, all of them in each home house churches, they have to confirm their salvation, and then they will be invited to the, the official congregation, 
and he or she will be baptized you know, with the water. Which means that this guy can die for the sake of the Lord because of the confirmation of salvation. That you know, he or she can be the member of the church. And then the, he, he or she is going to be baptized in the world. And each member of the early church, they at least have a um, confirmation of salvation. Uh, in Roman Empire, in Roman Empire, all should call Caesar as the Lord. See, but you know they are calling Jesus as Quirius, which means the Lord, which means that you know they can die, you know, for the sake of the Lord. So all the things they have belong to the Lord. So when they are ordered to give out everything that they possess, then they should give out, you know. Or if they you know, have to be sent to a certain place for missionary, missionary, they should be a missionary. And also, they should be a martyr if they need martyrdom. You know. So this applies to those who have the confirmation of salvation. So in that sense, martyrdom is quite natural you know, for the early churches. That is the most glorious in the death. But at the same time, you know, through martyrdom, they will be able to meet with the Lord in a most glorious you know, shape. That is the principle of the gospel. That's the reason that the Bible uses the word martyrdom, I mean, witnesses, you know, to refer to the sons of God and children of God. That is the core of the gospel. So at any rate, we should not be bound to the things of the world. And every element of the world will be meaningless and just tiny things for, for us, those who have the confirmation of salvation. It's not about religion, but it's not about, it's about eternal world. Because we have eternal life, we will not react to the things that will not be you know, for, uh, everlasting in the world. So that is the content of the gospel that we shared, you know, up to now. So can you die for the Lord and for the sake of the gospel? So for this season, God is raising up in many numbers of martyrs. And there will be a moment that all religions of the world will be one as a world religion. And then in that moment, there will be a, a great number of martyrs. In, uh, in also Latin America, there should be a lot of martyrs. And if you don't die at that moment, you know, you will be a remnant. It's not that they are escaping death, but they are kind of the prepared people for the second coming of the Lord. So, you know, remnants, both remnants and martyrs, they all have the, the face of martyrdom, right? So, we are now facing that glorious season that there will be a lot of martyrdom. So that is why church officially refer to martyrdom. They should require martyrdom. And they should take martyrdom as a glorious, you know, the end of the life. And there's a time, you know, we are facing that time. And God is also showing us that amazing glory. And this is a season that we will be able to see that amazing glory.
So this is a season in the forest to see the glory that we will even die for the Lord, right? So we have to stand before the Lord in a most glorious shape. So the life in this earth is not real. As we talk uh, in the story of Abraham, we are all sojourners. We are strangers. We are now, you know, going to uh, the eternal home. That is the place where we will live forever. And I want all of you to grow as a martyrdom, face of martyrdom, face of holiness. And it's like you know, when I see you, you guys face, you, know, you are preparing that glorious death for yourself, right? So we share about Elijah, about you know, emptying yourself, and then direction toward God. And uh, the, con the four types of, of condition of your heart in terms of you know, sowing the seeds, and then and meeting with God in the peak of the mountain. So you please refer back to the, the sermon that I preached for this conference. That's not something you can digest at once. And this morning we shared about Moses and the blessings of leadership. And in the afternoon, I blessed all of you who came to the the, the hall, you know, with the blessings of leadership. I all I want you, I want all of you to be uh, great leaders. So we we talk about you know, the story of Moses and how and why Moses was able to have that great leadership. And then for tonight, we'll be sharing about Daniel, right? And it's just the sermon about prayer. And if I you know, have a title for the sermon today, and the title should go, We Easily, Too Easily Give Up Our Prayer. What I mean is that if you know about the meaning of the prayer, you cannot easily give up your prayer. And then you will know that the most glorious place for you is the place of prayer. And that is the place that you can rejoice and you can be glorious. And not only prayer, and but also worship. Why, why is it so joyous and glorious? Why the place of prayer is so glorious and joyous? Because that is a channel for you to meet God. So you cannot say a worship if you cannot meet with God in the worship. That will be purely entertainment. It's like just enjoying yourself, right? So like the worship songs. I know that it's quite good that, you know, rejoicing in the, the worship time, time of praise. But when you are on the field of the Holy Spirit, when you are not rejoicing in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that is like you know you are dancing in the the club. It's just you know it's it's meaningless that you know you are rejoicing you know, by yourself. You know, no matter what you do, you know, no matter what kind of things you are doing, you know prayer or worship or your ministry. And they should be the channel through which you can move with the Lord. If God is not there, that's meaningless, right? 
and the worship will be a show and in, a, in prayer time you will meet with, with, with yourself not with the Lord I'm, I'm talking hugely important thing right now to you and I'm not saying that I'm, I'm saying that the ministry itself is not kind of something you can enjoy because through the ministry you are meeting with someone who have some pain and who have some struggles. So you know the ministry itself is not something you know joyous, joyable. You know the priests they are kind of butchers who kills the cows and you know, lambs, but that job will even be glorious and holy. Why? Why is to kill the animal is so glorious and you know, precious because through which you know they can you know meet with the Lord. So without meeting with the Lord, the priests will be just like butchers, right? And in the same way, your ministry, if God is not intervening, coming to your ministry, your ministry it will be just for you, for your righteousness, for your you know satisfaction, to get some recognition from the people, to get some praises from the people. And that will be even in robbing the glory of the Lord. So we have to be cautious you know, about this point as well. So we should not robbing the glory of God. And I know that there are ministers who are doing that kind of things a lot. You know, and some of them, you know, even died. You know, we have to be cautious of it. Like Paul confesses in Philippians 1, to die or to live, I just only uh, want only the Lord glorified in me that only God will be glorified through me. So you have to be afraid of being praised by people out of your ministry if you are a minister. Even you have to, you know, be senseless you know, to those kind of praises. And it's, it's going to be dangerous for you if you are you know, beginning to enjoy the praises for your ministry. So that's why I talked talk to you that our ministry should be like a, um, just a pick of an iceberg. Because like, you know, when you have 100, you, you will just, you know, reveal one, you know, in your ministry. So what is joyous for you is to you know, have fellowship with the Lord and to understand the secret of the Lord through the revelation. And if you, you know, lose this joy, and then your ministry will be even poisonous to you. So you know, I know that many of you are doing ministry. That's why I'm you know, sharing this you know, with you, because God wants me to tell you. So please don't take any you know, joy from the, the ministry as a behavior, as a work. And that if so, you, know, you will be like you know, religious, and you will do your ministry by technique. Strictly speaking, your ministry should be renewed every day. So David you know, says this, you know, I praise the Lord with the new songs. Maybe you will sing the same song, but the excitement and inspiration from the song should be renewed. 
day by day because of the new anointing comes to you, that comes to you every day. That's why David is saying that he sings song of the praises day by day in a new way. So you have to uh, have a new excitement and new joy as a minister. So when you are doing some ministry, let's say I'm you know, healing someone's wound and hers, and even if the, the wounds and hurt will be the same, but you know, you know, people by people, you know, the nature of the hurt will be different because you know, that person is the only one who are existing in the world, you know, in that shape. So if you are doing the, the same ministry, though you are doing the same ministry, but you know, if you are doing you know, that ministry to a different person, then your you know, ministry should be different. You know, which means that you cannot, you know, do your ministry you know, out of your own experience. So lay down every possibility, lay down every experience, you know, that you had, that you have only, you have to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And I know that you know, many of you want to become a minister, so I'm sharing this. So today I'm sharing about the, the things about prayer. So the title of the sermon today is that we are easily giving up our prayer. But prayer is not something that you can lay down so easily like that. Because it's the it's the channel through which you can meet with the Lord. So you shouldn't, you know, give up giving up your prayer, you know, so easily. So let's look at chapter six, verse one. It pleased Darius to appoint one twenty satraps to rule throughout the kingdom. So Persia was able to have a greater territory than the kingdom of Babylonian had. They occupied the one-fifth of the world. So Darius, he appointed 120 satraps, you know, to rule the the empire. So empire moves according to the Babylonian system, which means that behind the system there's an enemy, right? That is why we shouldn't you know, spend too much energy for the world, but we have to be under God's dominion. And in that dominion, we can have some relationship to the world. So what I mean is that I cannot have a relationship with the world individually. So going to school and working in the company, no matter what you do, you know, I'm not having a relationship with Babylonian system personally. <laughs> if so, I will just you know, go submit my, yourself uh, under the dominion of Babylonian system. What I mean is that you have to always confirm that you are under the dominion of God, even if you are working and you are studying the world. So I'm emphasizing this to my saints as well. So you have to hold uh, your authority and don't give your authority to the world. You know, so that you know, if God says uh, to you that you know, leave your job and you should leave your job, because you have to move to a different place according to the necessity of God. Maybe you can be a missionary. Maybe you can be a minister. 
and maybe God doesn't want you to continue to uh, work in the place. So you have to prepare yourself to live you know, when it is ordered by God. So you know, that means you shouldn't give your authority, dominion, authority of dominion to the, the world. So like the students in our church, of course, we have the, the, the education system you know, on our own, but and the kids you know, don't go to you know middle school or high school and for the university students they should be prepared to stop their university whenever it's ordered by God because your authority your sovereignty is under the law that is why we are calling the calling God as the Lord which means he's my master right without confirming this and living in the world. And Babylonian system will take the authority, sovereignty from, the, from you. And then you'll be the slave to Babylonian system. That is also the matter of your faith. When you call God as the Lord, and you have to confirm that the sovereignty is the Lord's. So if he wants, you should offer your life as well. Because you are under his dominion, under his sovereignty. And I'm not you know, saying this as a high level of spirituality. But when you are born again, you should naturally live in that way. You know, con when you, you know, confess Jesus as the Lord, you should live in that way. That is so natural and that is so normal. We are no longer be uh, under the dominion of Babylonian system. Rather, we are the children of the King of Kings who you know, submit the Babylonian system under his feet. So first two, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. And that was something that Darius you know, had you know, made you know, for his kingdom. But you know, Daniel was one of the other ministers. So he was the kind of highest you know, prime minister among the three. So the satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might no suffer, king might not suffer loss. So we are continuing, we continue to talk about the kingdom of God because the core message of the Bible is the kingdom of God. But who is the protagonist of the kingdom of God? They are the humble, the humble ones. And the, the heroes of the kingdom of God that will make a great flow of the kingdom of God is uh, the humble ones. Who are the humble ones? In the world, humble ones are you know, those who don't have money, those who don't have any you know, person to help them, those who do not have wisdom. They are humble, the humble in the world, world point of view. Of course, you know, the humble ones in the kingdom of God uh, might have the same you know, shape. In Micah 4.7, and it defines the remnants, and they are the lame, they cannot live without the cane, and those who are excited, we call them fringe. Which means that they cannot you know, enter into the mainstream of the Babylonian system, but they are outside the mainstream. And those who are you know, suffering, 
They are remnants. But, you know, the definition of Micah 4.7 uh, says the same thing about the humble ones in the kingdom of God. So if you really accurately understand the gospel of God, if you understand the kingdom of God, and you will see that living in this world will not be something joyable, you know, for you. And the heroes of the faith they are, they are those, you know, who uh, ruin their life because of their faith in Jesus. From the world point of view, worldly point of view, because of Jesus they die. Because of Jesus they are persecuted. Because of Jesus they lose, they lost everything. But why? Why they think that life is glorious? Now, do you really believe that? No, are you believing in Jesus so that you, you can be successful in the world? So, from worldly point of view, the gospel is that it's, it's not something, you know, enjoyable. It's not something exciting because it always, you know, talks about you know, ruining your life, you know, suffer a loss, you know, to suffer a loss in your life. No, I love you guys from Central America. I love the ones from Latin America. Because you know, these nations are having these wondrous and you know, glorious you know, things you know, of faith. So how can't I you know, love you? So you know, the, the strong countries like the U.S., like Western world, like Korea, And the churches in that nations, you know, all the churches are you know, dying, you know, because of the abundance of the world, and they cannot, you know, agree with the gospel. And then I, I urge you, please don't listen to K-pop music; it will kill your soul. And please don't, you know, learn about the K-church either. And nothing, you know, good will, you know, f be flowing into you. You cannot give anything good for your spirituality. And they don't talk about faith, but they are sticking to positive thinking. And they are, you know, the pursuing prosperity. They use Jesus for their own benefit in the world. And they think that that is the blessings of Jesus. No. The kingdom of God belongs to the humble ones. The humble ones are, they cannot live without the Lord. And Daniel, who was Daniel? Who Daniel was, I'm asking. And uh, throughout, you know, dominions of five different kings and throughout the changes of the, the, the countries, Daniel was able to live in the center of the power, right? But what is surprising is that you know, living in that core of the Babylonian system, he didn't, he never used the authority out of it. 
Rather, in that Babylonian system, he demonstrated that all authority is under the law. And even Daniel, he lived as a humble once. And he was able to enjoy all abundance of the empire. And he was able to use all the authorities. But he refused to use them. But he was thoroughly dependent upon the Lord. And for the young others in this age, you know, Daniel is kind of important figure you know, for all of you young others. So in many in the cases, you think that you cannot live without the things that Babylonian system is giving to you. Like you cannot live without money. Like you think that you will be a loser if you don't know about the world. It's like you know you cannot live without the, the smartphone, without the computer. That you should you know follow the flow of the Babylonian system because of the fear. That is the young others of this age. But the fact is not like that. No. As I am speaking through this week, no, it's not that we are perishing because we don't know about the world. We are not perishing because we you know, don't receive the things from the world. We are perishing because we are not you know, staying in the center of the world. All creations is, are created by the Lord God and all things are under God's decision. And the only reason that we are perishing is because we don't live with God. So because you don't live with the Lord, you know, it's like you feel that, you know, you will be perishing if you don't you know, have the things from Babylonian system. And you will be victorious when you are not able to live without God. In that aspect, the book of Daniel gives us much importance to us. While staying in the center of the Babylonian system, but refused to use that authority. But why? Why God has put Daniel in the center of the Babylonian system? Because it's because of the glory of God. It's because of Israel. So when you die with the Lord, and you will no longer have the debt to your flesh, you shouldn't carry the burdens of the flesh. You live because of the Lord. Which means that you are not obliged to the things of the Babylonian system. You don't need to you know, follow their requirement, right? If I you know, preach gospel in this way, people would say that it's kind of imagination, pure imagination. How can it be possible? But throughout 2000 history of Christianity, there were a small number of people, but you know, there were you know, people who continued to live according to the decrees of heaven, like that. And through that people, the kingdom of God was maintaining, was being maintained. And then the same thing will happen in this end time. And the kingdom of God will be received by the same kind of people. 
even now the kingdom of God is in the proliferation through those kind of people, the remnants. And through them, God is ruling over all creatures. It's not that you know the world is moving according to the, the genealogy of Cain, like science and fences of the Babylonian system, an abundance of the world. Like all genealogy of Cain's, you know, it seems that they are ruling over the world, but you know, their result is the only one thing, the, the perish, the, the judgment, the destruction. This world is moved by the genealogy of Seth, you know, which can only talk about the glory of the kingdom of God. And their genealogy is about the kingdom of God, those who cannot live without the Lord. So in that aspect, the book of Daniel is so important for us. Living in the Babylonian, but not being moved by the Babylonian system. So you have to make a decision that my sovereignty is the Lord's. I don't live without the Babylonian system. Those small numbers, but not the people like that will arise in this end time. They don't meet the, try to meet the requirement of the world. And I, all, I want you to be the person like that. And if you want, if you receive the grace of God, you can live like that. And I have kind of excitement of faith. And I am excited that you know I was able to be in Panama for Young Adults Conference. Of course, you know, this is done and it's planned by the Lord. But from my perspective, and I've been, you know, doing, you know, pastors' conference for the last 20 years, and there were not, you know, many cases of young others. And you know, for me, it's personally, it's difficult to have the young others conference. And in the, the, the during the season of pandemic, you know, God, you know, wants me to, you know, carry on uh, to raise up um, our young generation. So not only in Panama, and I'm going to you know, travel around the world for young others as well. So as I told you in the first day, first session of the conference, you know, you are the main character, protagonist of the this, this you know, end time. Now, I'm not flattering you. In saying so, but I want all of you will arise and to be used by the Lord in the same time. So that's the reason that I'm calling to you, to our church, calling you to our church, that you can stay in Korea in my church and I will support you. I, I will provide you with a place that you can stay. And we have the doctors in our theological seminary. And pray to God and get the permission from your senior pastor and you can come.
So I want to finish it rapidly that we will enjoy fiesta. In verse 3. So now Daniel so distinguished himself from among the administrator and the satraps by his exceptional qualities. So the phrase exceptional qualities means that according to the original Hebrew language, it means that he has a superior spirit in him. So all heroes of faith, ancestors of faith are great. But no, they are not you know, great by themselves, but God is the one who made them great. So Daniel's God is our God, right? If God wants, God will make you like Daniel. How important it is. So if I say about Paul, Apostle Paul, you will think that he is an amazing figure, then you know, it's never be possible for me to become like Paul. But that is something wrong. And I cannot even compare myself with the, with Paul, but it's a true that you know God is the one who made Paul great. So when you live by the Lord, you can be like Paul as well. Even you know the Bible says that you will be able to do you know, greater things than the Lord than Jesus. So for that purpose, you have to continuously meet with the Lord and then, you know, God has to live your life instead of on behalf of you. I'm not saying that you have to be a certain person by your effort. So the reason that Daniel was uh, able to live that great life is because in Daniel, uh, he has the Spirit of God. Which means that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So the secret and key to success in your life is all about being filled with the Spirit of the Lord. So, you know, if you maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit for you know, 24 hours, you know, what kind of things will happen to you is that and by the fullness of the Holy Spirit for one week, you know, what kind of things will happen to you? How can you imagine? So once you, were a, you are able to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit for one month, what will happen to you? So all the sermons that I'm preaching was formed you know, throughout one year of the fullness of the Holy Spirit after meeting with the Lord. So after that one year, I entered into the seminary and I, I learned Greek and Hebrew. And I was able to confirm that you know, the Spirit taught me the Bible in according to the original meaning of the Bible, like in Greek and Hebrew. So when you are filled with the Spirit, all kind of you know revelation will be activated in you to understand the meaning of the Lord the world. So like in Psalms 40, he has many much thought on me. <laughs> Which means that God is talking to David continuously. So in the same same way, 
as I am, you know, having that fullness of the Holy Spirit for one year, and he's saying to me every day too much that I was not even able to write down what he's saying to me. So, no, I can understand what David is, you know, mentioning in Psalms 40 as I'm, you know, spending that one year. So the key for your life is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. No one will be even more wise than wiser than the Spirit in you. And no one will be more powerful than the Spirit in you. No one will be greater than the Spirit in you. So the key to I mean, secret to success is not to limit Him who lives in you. The only thing that you have to do is just to make Him pleased. So the Holy Spirit among the triangles, His distinguishment, His distinguished nature is that He's like, you know, a baby. Which means that, you know, if you do something, you know, unpleases the Spirit, He is, you know, throwing Himself back from you. So that the Lord says, no, you can be forgiven if you disobey me, but if you, you know, interrupt the work of the Holy Spirit, you will not be able to be forgiven because of the nature of the Spirit. You no, know, He is saying that way. So when you live by the Holy Spirit, you will be sensitive to this aspect. When you are sensitive to the Spirit, you will never be able to abandon the holiness of the Lord. So when you live by the Holy Spirit, as we shared yesterday, your life should be like, you know, you know the Spirit is you know, moving before you, leading before you, that in that you know, relationship you can feel, you can feel comfortableness and stability. And I did all ministry for those who are ill, but you know, the reason that I was able to do that ministry is because He is leading me. So when you are led by the Holy Spirit, you will be only, always brave and bold. It's not you know from world's point of view, but you know brave and boldness uh, from the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That wherever you go, no matter who you are meeting with, you are always have confidence. Because you are not the one who is to, uh, who is doing the work. Because he is working for you. Because you are maintaining the state that the Spirit is leading you before you. He's going ahead of you. So all answers should be the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And you shouldn't be interested in no other things, any other things. And the fullness of the Holy Spirit is everything for you, your life. So to live with the Lord is so easy like that. So because He is living in you, He is staying in you. So the reason that David was so great is because he has the excellent spirit in him. And he was superior to any other ministers. He was outstanding among the people. So it's so simple because Dan that Daniel was so distinguished. It's not that Daniel was able to do something you know, great, but 
the Almighty God is in Daniel that when he was led by that God, his life should be outstanding as a result. And it's so natural that Daniel was distinguished from all others. But the reason that you are not distinguished is because you try to live on your own, try to live on your experience. But when you are living with the Spirit of the Lord, you can be distinguished from every aspect of life. So please trust in that. And when I was in high school, you know, my IQ was 89. A little bit, you know, uh, better than a monkey. And I was so you know, frustrated to receive that record. And I know that you are laughing at me, but I was so serious at the time. So because of that IQ, now I went to a zoo and I tried to talk to a monkey. But you know, I was not able to do so. So I was so relieved, you know. So after the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you know, when I am in the seminary, I was in seminary, you know, I was so busy that moment. So even I was not able to study, you know, because I prayed for 20, 12 hours and I, I was taking care of my family as a husband, as a father. And then I had a you know, lot of amount of in the ministry because of my senior pastor once wanted me to do the ministry that, you know, there's no time for me to study additionally. So you know, the way how you know, I studied that, you know, I prayed, Lord, Please let me know what kind of questions I will have, you know, in the test. And I just, you know, turn down the pages, and then God, you know, let me know the part that will be, you know, appearing in the test. So I was able to, you know, the study in, in the way that I was able to answer the questions in the test. So no. I, I felt you know, a little bit sorry, you know, when I was you know, having a test. And please don't use it if you don't have power, you know. <laughs> no, it's not going to be, you know, you know, useful for you. So I felt a little bit sorry in my mind. But the Spirit is speaking to me that you know, it's okay, my son. This is kind of holy cheating. <laughs> So in another exam, and I prayed God, you know, Lord, please let me know what kind of question would I have in the test. And then I turned the pages and I studied that point. But as I'm you know, having exam, but the question was different. So you know, I was complaining to God that, you know, Lord, why, why do you... You know, treat me like that, you know, I don't have time for sleeping, you know, I don't have time for taking care of my family, and so I was complaining throughout the exam. But suddenly, you know, God gave me a wisdom that I was ruled out the, the question, original question, but, you know, I made a new question, questionnaire, and I also written, I've also written the answer. And then as a result, and the professor, I am so moved by your passion, my student, and he gave me A+. Plus.
please don't use this method if you are not having a power. You will get F. <laughs> so in every aspect, the spirit living in you will make you excellent. When I was doing my ministry as an assistant pastor in a mega church, and the first job that I was you know, responsible for was to you know, summarize the Sunday sermon for the newspaper of the church. But that job was kind of very important one because you know, you know all the ones who were responsible for the job was you know you know blame, blamed by the senior pastors every day because they were not able to edit the sermon according to the senior pastor's intention. So many of them who were doing that job you know, were you know, blamed by the senior pastor so no one will want to take the job but i was you know about to do the job you know and i was about to be blamed by the senior pastors you know, if the things are going you know as before but for four months as i'm doing the job i was not blamed by a senior pastor even at once because i didn't do that but my wife has done that <laughs> So, when I feel with the Holy Spirit, you know, He gave me an excellent wife. So, you will be excellent in every way. Believe it. So, the answer, the only answer is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will be acknowledged by the people, you know, though I'm not you know, enjoying that recognition. So in Proverbs 3, and you know, having the word of God in your neck, that you will be get, you will get favor from the Lord and people. So when you are filled with the word of God, you will be favorable to God and to the people. So for me, I don't know anything, but I just have the people, the word of God and spirit of God only. But because of that, all the remnants of the world, they are listening to my sermon, right? And wherever I go, I can meet my disciples. And all the saints of my church, they are obedient to me. But what can I do? Just proclaiming the word of God. And but when I'm you know, filled with the Holy Spirit, always God you know, designs, God forms my life you know, like this, you know, being excellent above everything. Like your medical doctor, professors, and economists. You no, know, everyone listen to my advice. Even the businessmen in our church, they are now you know, working in Germany for a business trip, and they are calling me you know, you know, how sh they should do the, the business because I am filled with the Holy Spirit. He, gave, he gives me all wisdom to understand the, how the Lord is moving the world and that they do business according to my advice. So I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit.
and God will make you excellent. So let's continue. So Daniel was able to excellent among the other administrators. First of all, at this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find ground for a charge against Daniel. So Daniel was a Jew, and they were envious of Daniel that others tried to kill Daniel. That's how the system of Babylonia is moving. They should kill somebody for their own sake. But they were unable to do so. And corrupt and negligent are from you know, the life you know, when you are having a centered self, self-centered life and you, when you are pursuing your desire, you, know, you will have some corruptions and you have some weak point and you will try to you know betray somebody for your own sake. And that's how you know Babylonian systems uh, in the Babylonian system, you know, the people are doing in the Babylonian system. And Daniel was able to do the same thing, but he was not self-centered and he didn't pursue his own benefit. No one will find any corruption from him. So you no know, that's why it is said that he was faithful, that he was trustworthy and you know, they were not able to, you know, accuse Daniel. So, in original Hebrew language, there's no kind of you know, uh, indirect, you know, objective you know, for the word trustworthy. And he, but you know, the thing is that Daniel is, was not faithful, trustworthy to Darius, but he was faithful to God only. So, which means that Daniel was having a faith in God, and he was directed to the Lord. He is not moving between the Lord and the God, and the, the Lord and the world. But he was only, you know, towards the God. And he lived God-centered life, not the self-centered life. That he didn't need to live a self-centered life. That he had no corruption and no weak points. So, you know, what I'm sorry, you know, about you is that, you know, for the conference is that, you know, because I, I skipped David, you know, that I cannot, you know, say much about, you know, self-centeredness, but, you know, I want, again, you to refer to my you know, sermon on the Lord's Prayer and the Beatitudes. So, our secret for victory is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But the only reason that hinders you from maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit is to be you know, self-centered. You, know, you live on your own. You live on your own experience and your plan, your possession. Because of this, you cannot you know, live the God's self-centered life, God's God-centered life, that you cannot maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Without dying to yourself continuously, you will not be able to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So Daniel was directed to God only. only. He didn't pursue his own benefit. So he had no corruption. So verse 5. Finally, 
This man said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man. And they were able to find just one thing. That in order to kill Daniel, they should find something, some ground from the word of God. So how wonderful it is. But what is important uh, is that in order to kill Daniel, they should kill the word of God. In order to kill Daniel, they should rebel against God. So, you know, the conclusion will be evident. So listen carefully. When you are living by sarks, the flesh, you know, the enemy will not try to you know, give you a test. It's unnecessary for them you know, to refer to God to you know, kill and destroy him or her. The only thing they do is to, you know, uh, you know, tempt them, you know, that they will be corrupted. So like those who are weak at immorality, you know, they can you know, send some girls and boys. Those who are greedy, you know, maybe they can you know, give money or take money away. So what I mean is that they don't need to you know, use the name of God you know, in order to you know, destroy them, you know, those who are, for those who are living by the flesh. So now, this time, it's not the, the test by human being, but it's a test by God. So what's, what's the test of God here? The purpose of the test is to bless the children of God more. In, in order to manifest the greater glory through him. So temptation from the enemy and trial of God will be separate from each other. So when you are not living self-centered, and it's good for you to have a lot of trials from God. Because through the trial, you will experience the much greater glory of God. So the pride of the children of God is that you will believe that you know the enemy cannot do anything against you if God doesn't allow. It's evident. It's clear. Why? Why is that? Why? You know, the fall of a sparrow will not be available if God doesn't decide. And even, you know, the demon cannot even dare to try you, tempt you without the permission of God. So, fundamentally speaking, the children of God will not be tested by the enemy. But the flesh in you, it can, you know, attract the enemy's trial. When you live God-centered life, the enemy cannot do anything to the children of God. So, like the case of Job, you know, who permitted the Satan to test Job? It was God, right? Why did God permit Satan to test Job? 
Did God know that Job will win the victory? Because he is omniscient? If so, the result goes in this way. You know, someone will doubt whether God is a gangster. Because Job was innocent, but God, you know, you know made a gamble against Job, right? So, like, you know, he allowed Satan to test Job, the innocent Job, right? Job was innocent and sinless that he was in having a hard time. So, was it the reason that God tested Job? Has God decided, you know, to test Job because of his omniscience? No. It cannot be. If so, God is going to be like a gangster. God allowed that to Satan because God is responsible for, and God can you know, take responsibility for all you know, result you know, that Job will make, which means that God can you know restore you know, everything if, even if Job is you know, you know Job you know fails in the test. And did God test Job because he wanted to bless Job with a new wife and the double portion of the possession? No. In Job 41, the result is that, you know, Job was confessing that I just listened from the Lord, but now I'm seeing the Lord. Because of this reason, God has put Job into test. But no matter you know, what he will choose, God was ready to take responsibility for the result. Why is that? In our words, Job was self-centered. He was living by the spirit, not by the flesh. That he laid down all responsibility before the Lord, and he was able to see the glory of God. And the same case to Daniel. And Daniel was not under temptation, but he was under the test of the Lord. It was not for Daniel's personal glory, but that was for Israelite as a whole. And we will see that from the last verse. Daniel was even influential on the king Cyrus. There's no kind of mention in the world's history. But how you know, was Cyrus able to, you know, make Israelite return to their homeland? And according to the history book, Cyrus was not having an intention to occupy other land, occupy other country to expand his territory. Rather, he was satisfied to become a king of the small territory. That he was not interested in the world to conquest other countries. He had no intention uh, of doing so. But why and how he was able to you know, occupy that in the, in the large territory? Maybe there will be a reason behind that. You know, according to my belief, as I believe, you know, Daniel was influential on Cyrus you know, doing so, right? 
maybe Daniel was, you know, showing a book of prophets to Cyrus, saying that oh, King Cyrus, and 17 years ago, there's a prophet named Isaiah, and he prophesied your name 70 years ago. And then you are the king who will occupy the world. And then in so doing, Daniel was influential on Cyrus. Maybe you know, some other person will not be able to you know, say so to Cyrus. But you know, Cyrus knew who Daniel was, that he even trusted what Daniel was saying to him. So in the time of suffering, the glory of Daniel was even expanded. And through Daniel, you know, God was able to make the restoration work of Israel. So when you do not live by the flesh, when you live by God, God will put you, know, you under the test for the glory. And that is the time of blessing for those who are filled with the Holy Spirit. That is for the blessing for those who are living in the Babylonian system, but they refuse to you know, live in the mainstream of the Babylonian system. So in that sense, you know, it's even greater if you have many cases of test. So like in Joseph's case, as he are going through all sufferings, he got added power, favor, and wisdom, and sovereignty. He, he was adding additional element to Joseph's life. And your life should be like that, my beloved young others. And please don't be afraid of sufferings. And I know that these ages, in these age, people are pursuing something comfortable because they are digital people. God cannot use the people like that. Please don't be afraid of suffering. Please don't be afraid of poverty. Please don't be afraid of enemies. You will be even more than conquerors. And God is going to add His glory as you are going through the test. He is going to add wisdom, authority, power. Wherever you may go, you will be outstanding among the people. And the life of the children of God should be like that. How wondrous it is. The world is nothing. God is going to manifest His glory through the children of God. So what God is having, what Daniel is having now is the, it's not the temptation of the enemy. So Daniel was only afraid of the word of God. And the result will be clear. No one can defeat God. So that should be your pride. That should be your faith. If you kill me, you have to kill God. How wonderful it is. Tremendous. So David was able to confess that I'm not afraid, even I'm surrounded by a thousand of people. That's that kind of emotional expression. But David was confident like that, weary. 
That is confidence of the children of God who live by God. My beloved young adults, please don't be afraid of anything. The world is nothing. Demon is nothing. People, human beings will even die if they can breathe for five minutes. Please don't be afraid of human. Only fear God. Be afraid of God. And you will not be able, you will not be afraid of anything in the world. Just fear God. And you will not fear anything in the world. So, verse 6. So, these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and saying, Making Darius live forever. So, for the people of the world, they uh, think popularity is important. So, in order to kill Daniel, the other administrators and other satraps, you know, they are now having a game against Daniel. Like, you know, Daniel is one, but, you know, his opponent is more than 100. So, one to 120 or something, more than that. So, the game is over. Daniel is about to be killed because the world is moving by the people's agreement. So, the result, you know, seems very clear. But that is something that will happen outside the world of God, you know, outside of the kingdom of God. So when you live by the kingdom of God, if he is for you and the agreement and the plans of the world is not important for you. So I'm saying that please don't be interested in what God, what the world is saying against you, what the people are saying against you. So as I'm, you know, doing ministry in Zoe ministry, Many of people are blaming me and they are accusing me. So I'm thankful that you cannot use Koreans. Because when you look at the website, Korean website, you know, there are many bad news and bad rumors against me. But through last 33 years, never once I was not afraid of you know, what people are saying about me. You know, I'm not, I was not shaken by people's opinion. Because if God says okay, if God says right, and that's right, and that's the only condition for me. I am not concerned with any other things from the world. So that's the reason the SNS is so dangerous to you. You think about it makes you focus on people's opinion. And SNS is something like you know the place where there are all sorts of spirit, evil spirits are gathering together. Immorality and envy and greed and unbelief and all these evil spirits are gathering in the place of SNS and that's a channel for all evil spirits against you and that is evil and harmful and those who are interested in people's opinion and it's evidence that you are not living by the law and if thousand people agree with one thing, if God says no against that, it's no. Your answer should be no. But, you know, when God says no to against thousand people, that will be no. So your faith should be like this. If God says yes, and that will be yes. If God says no, that will be no. No matter what people are saying against you, 
and it seems that the world is moving by people's opinion, but the actual reality is not like that. You know, the world is moving by decision made by the Lord. So let's look at other stories. So seven, the royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree. So all are gathering against Daniel. So it seems that Daniel will be killed, right? How, how, how shocking it is. So they made a decree. The content of the decree was that uh, anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. And they kind of you know, stimulate the desire of honor and desire of dominion of Darius. And they are very you know, sneaky in so doing. So as we will see, and Darius, King Darius loved Daniel so much, but by the human love, then they cannot save no, Daniel. And the person who have the flesh, they cannot even change the decree made by themselves. You know, it's like you know they have to live under limitation if they are living by the flesh. So they are bound to the money bound to the people's opinion, bound to the law of the world. That is the shape of the life who is living by the flesh. But once you refuse to live by the flesh, all these things are not influential on you any longer. So verse 8, now your majesty issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered. So decree means that it's the strongest you know, kind of you know, the action in the Babylonian world. But you know, the people of this world, it seems that they are under King Darius' decree. You know, like you know, they are saying that you know, they can live without money. And they are feeling becoming a loser if they cannot meet the requirement of the Babylonian system. And it shows the same effect as Darius' decree, right? How, how you know, dreadful it is. And they don't think about the relationship with the Lord. But they are always sensitive to the uh, requirement of the world, how dangerous it is. So let's say you know, God you know, ordered us to you know, keep the Sabbath holy. That is the law of God. But instead, you know, they are skipping the Lord's Day you know, often, and they don't attend worship. But they are trying to keep the, the regulation made by the world. And Korea is not a Christian country. And all public exams are on Sundays, many of them. 
so some of our church members, they should take an exam on Sunday, public exam. But no, our saints, they cannot take the exam because they, they risk their life you know, for attending the Sunday worship, that they cannot go anywhere without Sunday worship. I know that some of you, you know, do not you know, offer tithe if you do, lack money, but they, it is like robbing the Lord's possession. So you have to you know, offer tithe you know, if you are dying because of the lack of the money. So how people are bound to the law of the Babylonian system? And they are afraid of decrease of the world. But they are not afraid of the curse of God. And they think lightly to, you know, break the law of God. But they are you know, much serious about the decrease of the world. So whether you know or not, these bondages of Babylonians are now oppressing you. It ties you. I'm not saying that you have to break the, the law of the world, but you have to admit the fact that the law of God is over the law of the world. And the, above the order of the world, there's the order of God, because we are the people of God. So we have to be under the order of God. We have to be under the law of God. So I know that you, many of you are putting a lot of time for the, the things of the world, but many Christians are not praying even a word. So they take it lightly, the fellowship, the fellowship with the Lord. And they are, you know, excusing that, you know, I don't pray because of lack of time. You know, because they don't know how important it is to come before the presence of the Lord. That the character of my life is that if I'm so busy, I don't do anything, and I just kneel down and praying. And while I'm praying, God is dealing with everything for me. And your priority should be the fellowship with the Lord. It's not that you should follow the requirement of the Lord. It's not that you are doing something that you want to do. So it's so dangerous that you are prioritizing the things of the Babylonian system. And you have to always, you know, take it, you know, first, you know, to follow the decrees of God, the things that is required by the Lord. And if the requirement of the Babylonian system comes to you, the more powerfully, you know, you will think that you know, it's, it's, it's natural consequence that you are now, you know, distancing yourself from the Lord. You are taking the Lord's possession lightly, which means that you are now becoming more familiar with the the world, with with with, with the world, and you are afraid of, as you are afraid of the things of the world, and then which means that you are you know, ignoring the things of God, because the world and the kingdom of God, you know, they are you know opposite to each other. So if the, the if God likes something and the world will hate that, and then if the world likes that, you know, God will hate it. It's kind of strict principle. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world are opposite to each other. So if the world likes something and God will hate it, and God will like it, like something and the world will hate it. 
because of this reason, God has given us to rule over the world. So, which means that you should not be influenced, uh, take influence from the world, but you have to rule over the world, which means that you have enough sufficient authority and power to do so. And the book of Daniel shows us, you know, that life. So, um, nine, verse nine. So, King Darius put the decree in writing. He was caught by the desire of fame, desire of dominion. So, if you live self-centered life, your life should be the same. So, let's say someone has a problem of money. Should he be happy if he earns some money? No, it should not be. The life of human being who has flesh will not be changed according to the circumstances. And they should uh, should solve the problem, spiritual problem behind the circumstances. So let's say someone are you know having some pain because of people, and then is he going to be happy if he meets some someone who are good? No, he has to solve the problem of the spirit of immorality. So the human being who has flesh, their you know states will not be changed according to the physical circumstances, but he should solve the spiritual problem behind the circumstances because human beings are spiritual beings that is um, Ephesians 6:11 says that our fighting is not about something visible, but we are fighting against the authority in the air the spiritual authority. So there's some spiritual reason behind circumstances, some you know manifestation of the things. So we have to solve the problem spiritually. And Darius now is he's caught by you know the snare of his fame and his dominion, desire of dominion. So it shows that Darius was kind of weak humanity. That he's not able to, you know, just rescue, you know, whom he loves, even though he was a great empire of the great, the great king of the great empire. How, how empty it is! It's meaningless to live by Babylonian system. So, verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that, so Daniel learned, right? He knew, which means that the decree had been published, but when he went home to his upstairs room, when he went home to his upstairs room, where the windows opened toward Jerusalem, and he didn't pray in a secret place, but he went upstairs, and he opened the window widely, and he prayed three times in a day, as he used to do. Why Daniel chose to do so, you know, knowing that the decree has been published? How wonderful it is. This shows the scale of Daniel. Maybe Daniel was 100 years old at that moment, and Daniel was able to live a comfortable life. But it's like Daniel is now you know, bringing suffering to his life. Why Daniel chose to do so? Firstly, and above all decrees of the king, and it's much easier for Daniel to live by the decrees of heaven. 
so as you are living with God deeper and deeper, and you will be like Daniel as well. Even me, let's say, you know, I you know, heard of some bad rumor, which is not true, and, but I don't try to persuade someone who made that rumor, and I don't try to explain. You know, that's something that I don't do. I just you know, lay down before the Lord, just praying that, uh, Lord, please do it according to your will. Because it's much easier for me you know, to lay down before the Lord you know, than you know, persuading a person. Your life should be like that as well. As well. But you know, many of you try to persuade and explain something if you are misunderstood, if you have some frustration, and you can endure that, right? Just lay down before the Lord, and God will do, you know, for you. And this should be your life as well. You have the authority to move all the things of the world, uh, and that authority is from heaven. There is no necessity for you to explain for the sake of the world. So, you know, all things are done by faith. That should be done by faith. So another thing is that you know, he, he could you know have you know, prayed in a secret place, but he went upstairs and he opened the window. Why? Why is that? It's because of his spiritual pride, you know, out of his or his long life with God. It's like he doesn't want to change the pattern of prayer because of this trivial you know Babylonian system. And it will uh, not suit to Daniel's pride if he you know, prays in a secret room, uh, which means that Babylonian system is not something that he should be afraid of. That is Daniel's spiritual pride. So, like the case of Polycarp. From early church, he was about to die in lion's den. And Polycarp had many influential friends in Rome. And the friends were trying to persuade him that please just you know, say that you, know, you will not believe in Jesus as a lie and then you will be alive and then you can you know, be a Christian continuously. But you know, what Polycarp told you know, to his friend is that you know, throughout my life God has never denied myself then how, how can I deny him you know, if to live you know, to maintain my life, just put myself into the lion's den. That was Polycarp's spiritual pride. That is also the life of the, the people of God. So, you know, from the worldly point of view, you know, they die because of uh, um, an improper reason. You know, they can shoot, you know, to skip that moment. But those who are living according to the heavenly decrees, they cannot, you know, give up that, you know, spiritual pride, you know, saying that, okay, do it to me, do it to me. And those who are having eternal life, those who are in trust, those who are, you know, having an eternity, and they cannot, you know, spend anything for what is not forever. 
what is not everlasting, like the money and like the world and like people. So all of you, young others, like Daniel, I want you to have this spiritual pride as well. Like Moses in the morning, God told, called Moses, saying to him that, you are my glorious, you are my pride. No, I want you to be like Moses, no, to listen those praises from the Lord. So, Daniel thanked God. So, did Daniel put in the situation that he can be thankful? No, but Daniel was able to you know, give thanks to the Lord because Daniel knew that this time of tribulation is even by God. It's not the temptation by the enemy, but it is a test by the Lord. So those who do not live by the flesh, they can be thankful always, even in the time of tribulation. They don't fall into despair. Why? Why? There's no necessity for them because the time, the situation is given from God that the victory is confirmed already. Which means that Daniel knew that, which don't mean that Daniel knew that he will be alive in, even in lion's den. But, you know, even if he dies, you know, God will eventually be victorious for him. So what is torturous for Daniel is to deny God. To defy the honor of God is more you know, painful for Daniel. So if you live with the Lord, your life should be the same. If you know about God, you will live in this way as well. So in that perspective, all great heroes of faith in the Bible, they just live normally and naturally. It's not something great that they you know, showed us. They knew who God is. They knew Jesus, who Jesus is. It's normal for them to live in the way. And in chapter 3, we have the story of Daniel's three friends. And Nebuchadnezzar, he built a, a huge gold in the statues that everyone should bow before the statues. If not, then they will be put in the, into the furnace. And But the three, they refused to do so. And they were confessing that, I believe that God is going to rescue us from you. How tremendous it is. They were before standing before all you know, armies and people of the empire, but they were you know, standing confidently before King, saying that God will rescue us from the from you. But what is more wonderful comes to the next. If God doesn't do so, if not, even if we die. We cannot deny God. That is the pride of those who know about the Lord. So like in Hosea 4.6, my people are perishing because they lack the knowledge of me. If you know about the Lord, you cannot live in the same way. 
if you know who God is, you can continuously live in the same way. So, you know, how, you know, because of how the trivial things we used to you know, defy the honor of God. We used to defy the honor of the children of God because of the trivial things. It's because we have an encounter with Him. It's because we don't know about Him. So, that's why I'm saying that it's easy to live like a Daniel. And it's normal and it's natural. So, 11. Then, this man went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. And there's an important phrase, before God. So, he was asking God for help before God. So, it means a direction, his spiritual direction. And Daniel was not facing the decree of the king, but instead, you know, he was standing before God, not before the decrees of the people. And he was praying before the Lord, which means that he was meeting with the Lord. Because he was meeting with the Lord, nothing was problematic any longer. In many times, you are facing many problems and saying that, wow, the money, you only can see money. Wow, people, wow, this problem and that. Said so you cannot see even the Lord, but cast out your problems and asking God, asking people the Lord. And that's how you should do. So, that you can pray to God because you can see the face of the Lord. But when you face the problem, when you face the world, you will just pray religiously. But strictly speaking, that prayer doesn't go to God, but it goes to yourself. And then as a result, you will meet yourself, not God. The ob objects, I mean, what I mean is that you have to pray to God, but without, you know, looking at Him, you will even pray to yourself. So you will meet with yourself. That the prayer cannot be answered by God. If you pray normally and healthily, and no matter what kind of problem you have, and no matter what kind of situation you are having, no matter what kind of conditions you have, you will firstly know that they are nothing. If you are standing before the Lord, you know, so like, you know, you are having a lot of problems before the Lord, like David's psalm, David is not asking uh, God for help to solve the problem. You know, it is, you know, and even, you know, the amount of David's prayer you know, for asking help is just trivial. Why? As soon as he is before the Lord, he cannot even see his problem. But what is important for him is to have fellowship with the Lord. And there are that kind of, you know, prayer in the book of Psalms Allah. What, what, what it means that, you know, David was able to encounter with the Lord as he is praying to the Lord. 
And the same evidence should appear to you if you pray to God normally. So let's say you came before the Lord because of the money problem, but you know, as soon as you met with the Lord, you know, the, the problem disappears suddenly and the pain disappears suddenly. So you have to pray before the Lord. And Daniel is doing the same thing. He was not you know, looking at any problem of human beings, you know, when he was before the Lord. He was not afraid of lions, and he was not afraid of death because he was meeting with the Lord. So how important it is to meet with the Lord. So 15. Then the man went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, Your Majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. It shows the limitation of a human being. And 13, then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from the Judah, Pays no attention to you, Your Majesty, or to the decrees you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. And Daniel was in the highest positions among the, the prime ministers, but they blame Daniel as an exile, and they are blaming Daniel as Jewish. So what's the purpose you know, for the other ministers, prime ministers? And they hate the children of God. They are you know, accusing Daniel of being Jewish. But who are being exiled? You know, the results will be clear you know, as later. So those who live by God, no matter what kind of circumstances they would have, they will not be bound to that. So we are not be, we will not be in exile. So, 14, when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. This is limitation of human being who has flesh. And that's the limitation of love, human love. They cannot rescue by their love. They cannot rescue anyone. So that we should have the love of God. The love belongs to Him. He loved us first. So human love is nothing. In 15, then the men went as a group to King. Remember, Your Majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the King issued can be changed. And they are, you know, insisting on the, the customs and tradition. And 16, so the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. Then the king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue. And Darius referred to the name of God, even, if, even though he was not a believer. That shows the influence of the holiness of Daniel. When you are living holy life, when you are living by the Spirit, the same influence will go from you. So 17. A stone 
was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changing. So the others would think that you know, Daniel is over. His destiny, his destiny is over. So there are many of the people who think that if the world decides something, then that is the end. But the decision by the world has no influence like that. So many of you will think that if you lack money, then your life is end. You know, that many of you will think that if you cannot achieve something, that will, that will be the end. But you know, the decision of the world doesn't mean the end to the kingdom, the children of God. So as I mentioned earlier, so we are not afraid of being in a, in a fail, failing. Because existentially speaking, we cannot be a loser. So you have to be bold and brave in that. But what kill you, kills you is the unbelief, not you know, your situation, your failure in something, right? The only reason that you will be killed is because of the unbelief. Please believe that. You can no longer be a loser. Existentially, you are winning victory every day. And the nickname of Christians is a victor. As I told you earlier, we are those who are living with the conclusion. So please don't you know, be concerned about the conclusion. You know, worrying whether it's, it goes you know, wrong and it goes right. But of course, you will experience some failure, but your conclusion is victory. Your conclusion is the blessing. Your you know, conclusion is glory. That cannot be changeable. So please don't be afraid of failure. Even though the world decided something with their signet and ceiling, but that's something from the world. If God says it's not and it's not going to be ended. And out of my 33 years of ministry, I experienced the same thing as well. God says that you know, it is not end, you know, that thing will not end. And rather, you know, someone is saying that he will live, but if God says he will die, and he will die. And I had three experiences that, you know, when God told me that he is going to die and God will, God, you know, killed him, you know, actually. The one guy, he died, you know, when he was lying to me. And secondly, and there's a person who had anorexia, and I healed him, and I urged him that you will alive if you believe in Jesus, and if not, you will die. I warned him, but he died one month later. And the third person is there. He fasted seven times, 40 days fasting for seven times. And he was a pastor. And his purpose is that, you know, he will achieve 10 times of 40 days of fasting. And he was with his wife, but he had much anger in him, temper in him. And he gave a lot of hurt to his wife. So I warned the pastor, pastor, you will die if you do another fasting. And he died, actually. 
he was saying that he will alive. But if God says no, and it will no, it will be no. But when the you people are saying no, like the, in the terminal stage of cancer, and like you know, someone is in a suffering illness, if God says it's not ended, it will not end. That is the authority of God. As living in Babylonian system, please don't accept that they have authority to rule over me. Please don't admit the fact that the world is influential on you. Please don't recognize that you know enemies are powerful. They are destined to be killed and destroyed. The world will be burnt away tomorrow. So open your ears. Please, don't be tie yourself to the decision of the world. What is important for you is the decision of God, not the decision of the world. No, it will not be ended if they says no. When God says it is finished, it will be finished. It's not done by the world. And in John 11, the story of the Lazarus, it's been four days since he died, and the rock, a huge rock, you know, covers the tomb. But Jesus ordered, move the stone, and Lazarus come out, and he was alive, and he was able to come out of the tomb. You have this resurrection life in you. You have resurrection life in you. <laughs> This is something untouchable by the world. And they cannot use their authority over you. And that is how the children of God would live. They cannot use their authority over you. Because you are the son of the kings of kings. You are the son of God. How dare they cannot touch you? How dare they cannot... Uh, order you so you are the kings as well so 16 so the king gave so 17 uh, yeah we, we've done that as well and the decree was not changeable and the, the world cannot even you know, rescue a beloved person. And then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him. And he could not sleep. And Daniel made a king of the empire you know, to fast and not to sleep. And through this process, you know, God is now bringing influence through Daniel on the great empire. So 19, at the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. And 20, when he came near the den, he called Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, 
Has your God, whom you serve continually, have been, been able to rescue from the lions? But shockingly, 21. Daniel answered, May the king live forever. And Daniel was you know, relaxed, actually, in saying so. So what we can find from here is that, find from here is that, the test to Daniel and is, is hindering you, him, is to hinder him um, from uh, praying to God. So in a human perspective, you can say that uh, you can stop praying for several days. Maybe you can, you know, stop praying for, you know, one month, having some, you know, the rest. But, you know, actually your prayer life is like that. Because of trivial reason, you stop praying. Because you don't know what prayer is. But Daniel was maintaining his faithfulness to God. He maintained purity and holiness. He was distinguished from the world. And that can be shown from Daniel chapter 1. And in his teenagers, when he was a teenager, Daniel managed that holy life. So as a result, when he became old, and to pray became a habit for Daniel that he cannot live without praying. And he was able to maintain the prayer life you know, to meet with the Lord. That Daniel was able to have authority to move the heaven. So Daniel was not you know, wanting to be hindered by the world from praying to the Lord. But you know, many of you, why? Why do you give up praying you know, because of very trivial and little reason? Because you are praying without meeting with the Lord. If you are meeting with the Lord out of your prayer, you cannot easily you know, give up your prayer. Why? Why is that? You know, some people are excusing that I I'm too busy. No, that's a lie. Lie. You know, if you you know cut the time you know, to use your mobile phone, you can you know pray even more, even uh, three hours a day. I'm too tired to pray. Is it true? When you enter into the presence of the Lord, you will not feel tired. So there's no reason for you to stop praying. There's no urgent thing than meeting with King of Kings. There's no valuable things than meeting with the Lord in your prayer. So when you stop, and when you start your fellowship with the Lord, you cannot even do greater thing that you can do for you know, 10 hours of work. So when you pray to God, you 
you can do even greater things that you can achieve an hour of your working for 10 or 20 hours. So why, why do you, you know, give up your prayer? Because you cannot meet with the Lord in your prayer. So think about this. So if, if a lady you know, loves me so much, And she told me that I'll be waiting here in a certain time. And then a brother will uh, not be going out to date because he's tired. Is it possible for him? If he loves her, he's not, you know, excusing. Uh, I cannot go there because I was too busy. You don't go out because of the reasons, right? If you meet with your girlfriend. So I had a personal experience. And my wife, when she told me that, when she told me that, you know, no, let's meet in 3 p.m. and then I prepare myself from 1 p.m. But, you know, to meet with the Lord is not that simple. It's not. The reason that you give up your prayer is that because you haven't met with the Lord up to now. Because you haven't met with the Lord in your prayer life. Because of trivial reasons, you stop praying. I know. That shows that you cannot meet the Lord in your prayer life. Beloved, if you meet the Lord in your prayer, if you can pray to God, He will certainly you know, show you the glory of the kingdom that you can enter into the glory continuously. Let's continue. So, Daniel was alive, 22. May God send His angel, and He shut the mouth of the lions. So when Daniel went into the lion's den, and God sent an angel to shut lion's mouth. So think about that. At night, Daniel was able to you know, sleep on the bed of lions. I mean, the, he took lion as his bed. And he maybe, he, he was the first humanity to sleep on the lions. Because God is the, the king of the whole creatures that was available. And he said that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, your majesty. So 23, the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the tent. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trust in his God. So Daniel prayed before the Lord. And it says Daniel believed in the Lord. 
it was not that Daniel believed that he will be rescued you know, from the lion's den, but you know, Daniel believed in God himself, like in the case of Abraham, you know, God told Abraham to see the stars and your, uh, your, your, your seed will be like this, but Abraham didn't believe in you know, what God is giving, but he believed in who God is. That became the righteousness for him. So we are not believing in what God gives us, but it's important for us to know who God is. That is called existential faith. So there's two important focuses on your faith love is to believe who God is at the same time. And it's important to know how God calls you, so who you are. So that is called existential faith. So who God is and who you are. So by the existential faith, what God gives or uh, what God doesn't give, it's not a problem for you. But those who have existential faith, and their prayer is not neglected by the Lord. Because they are meeting with the Lord as a person. I know him, and he knows me. In this relationship, what I pray is not just a begging, but an official requirement that God should answer. So he says, ask in my name and I will do it for you. And if you seek by faith and believe that you are already given and seek everything, then you will be given because it's official requirement that God has to answer. So it's a principle that the prayer should be answered 100%. God you know, is wanting to have that relationship with me. You, know, you also need to have the same kind of relationship. And if Daniel prays, God will answer. And if David is praying, God will answer. Because you know, David is not doing anything if God you know, doesn't allow, doesn't answer. He doesn't seek any means. And David cannot live without the things of the Lord because he doesn't do anything. So many of us, we pray. And even if some of you are not praying even, and after prayer, and if God doesn't answer, and you will do your work. So you will not need the answer from the Lord. But when you make an official requirement by the name of God, they cannot think anything but the answer from the Lord. And they are waiting upon the Lord's answer. So, uh, that no, it is said that Daniel trusts in him. In 24, at the king's command, the men who had first accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. And before they reached the flow of the den, the lion overpowered them and crushed all their bones. God is just God. You know, the lions, they fasted for one night, and then God gave them uh, a buffet. The lions are having a buffet now. And God is even just to the lions. So let's finish. 25. 
then King Darius wrote to all the nations and people of every language in all earth. It's not, you know, Daniel's personal spirituality. But through Daniel, his influence is now being expanded to all the community of Israelite. In 26, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. So uh, the King Darius, unbeliever, he's now confessing the faith. He is honoring the Lord because God is God of, uh, who is alive. And he's everlasting. He doesn't change. And the kingdom of God will be forever. So how great the influence from one people, Daniel, is. So I know that many of you have met with the Lord through this conference, and it's a matter of time that this Central America will be, you know, overthrown. You know, there'll be a shaking, you know, that shakes the whole nation in Central America. It's clear. Now, I, I told to the pastors last week, and because this conference will be a great conference, that there will be an earthquake after this conference. And I, I even, you know, the, heard the news that, you know, you know, there was an earthquake in Latin America. And there might be some earthquake in Panama as well. So 27, he rescues and he saves. He can rescue you and can save you. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He's almighty God. And how accurate his confession of faith is. So, he has rescued Daniel from the power of the Daniel. And so Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. And Daniel was absolutely influential on Darius, and he was uh, the source of uh, rescue for all Israelites. All of you, when you live by God, and maybe each one of you will be too small, but you as a whole, as a kingdom of God, you will be influential on all the world. And 34 years ago, God changed me as a perverse person. And I was hopeless. I just enjoyed the, the desire of the world. And there's no meaning of life. And I didn't know anything. Of course, I tried to study more, but there's no meaning in my life. But God you know, changed me and met with me. And he you know, turned upside down me that he is raising up all the remnants of the world. So, is it my special story that restricts me only? No, this is the essence of the church. So when we look at seven churches in the New Testament, wherever, uh, whether the church is Rome or not, 
whether the church is in Colosse, which is a very poor country district. No, 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 they are termed and they are called that, you know, your influence will be all over the world. That is the essence of the church. If you are truly a church, because you, each single one of you are the member of church, you will be influential in the same way. And I believe that there will be a great servant of God for this age. And I believe that there will be a great politician like Daniel among you. And a great businessman among you. A great scholar among you. A great soldier from you. A great pastor from you. And God will bless you in the way. And through that person, God will be influential. Make, make you influential all over the world. And then you will be able to see a great victory of God. And there's a general, U.S. General MacArthur, who, who contributed himself for the Korean War. MacArthur was a man of God. And all army, when MacArthur, General MacArthur prays, they claimed, they shouted, wow, our General MacArthur is praying. And they were confirmed, they were able to confirm the victory. Because they knew the influence of his prayer. This is the shape of the children of God who lives by the decrees of heaven. Not by the decrees of King Darius, but by the decrees of heaven. And those who are living by the decrees of heaven, they are the men of prayers. And I believe that all of you will be established as the men of prayer who can live by the, the decrees of heaven. Who will nullify the decrees of Darius but living by the decrees of heaven. Who can bring the kingdom of God on the earth? Who will be influential over the world? And I believe that God will raise up all of you as that person. So let's pray together. Let's pray together. Pray. Lord, we want to pray as powerful as Daniel to bring down the decrees of heaven. Oh Lord, please bless us that we can be like Daniel. Oh Lord, forgive us that we have been stopping, we have been, we have stopped, you know, praying because of the trivial reason. Please forgive us that we were you know, tied because of, uh, tied by uh, trivial things of the Babylonian system. Lord, we will risk our life you know, for the prayer that we can meet with the Lord. We want to live by the decrees of the heaven. Lord, we want to you know, see the glory of the heaven. No matter wherever, wherever, wherever we go and no, whatever we do, you know, please make us influential on the world. Lord, please let your word be accomplished on their life. No, God, I know that you are looking for the next generation of Elijah. Please let them arise at the offspring of Elijah. They are about to take the cloak of Elijah. Please let them take the coat of Elijah. And let them be a great you know, 
the servant of God, great pastor, great politicians, great businessmen. In every place you see, let them be influential on the people of the world. Let them be filled with the spirit. Let them be filled with the wisdom. Like you feel, Daniel. So please bring great blessings upon them, Lord. More of you. In this last session, the pour out your glory as a waterfall. Let them see your glory. Lord, we want to make a decision. I will pray. I will pray. I will not give up my prayer. I will pray that I can meet with the Lord. Right, right, Lord. No, we can open the gates of the heaven by our prayer. Lord, we want to pray like that. Please receive our decision. Please accomplish our confess of our faith. More of you. More of you. More powerfully. Pura, pura. Lord, pour out. More powerfully. Let the Central America be shaken through them. Wherever they go, no, please bring shakings. Let them see the glory of God. Let the angels and heavenly hosts are moving with them. Lord, pour out your anointing. More of you, more of you. Pour out, pour out. So I will pray for you with the blessings and then let's you know, sing a little bit more. I know you are still young, so you can you know, have a worship time a little bit more. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the conference through the week. We are so happy because of you. I was so happy with this passionate, uh, the, the young others with passion. Lord, let your word be done to them. And great heroes of faith, they are so great. But no, it is you who is great that you made them great, and that God is our God. That no, every single person here, if they live the, with the Lord, now I believe that they will be great servants of the Lord. Let them see that they are living in the end time that they will not be influenced by the world, but let them focus on you more, bow down before you, and let them live through you. Bless all the hands that serve this conference, serve for this conference. And then please bless them in a double portion. And these young men are spreading to their places. And let them take all the sports of victory that they can change families, change the church. Wherever they may go, please bring wonders work of you. And please open the ways for them to uh, continue to come to Zoe Ministry conferences, that they can devote themselves for Zoe Ministry, that they can bring down the kingdom of God for this age. Now, 
the grace of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and the holy love of the Father, and the work of the Holy Spirit, will be upon your beloved young adult, and upon their church, upon their family, upon all the nations in, of Latin America, especially in Panama, from now on forevermore. Amen.